So you're looking for a new podcast. Well, you've come to the right place. Each episode, we take a lighthearted and humorous dive into random topics that may surprise and educate you, all while enjoying a tasty beer from around the world. The topics and language may be sensitive for some audiences, so listen at your own risk. Hello, I'm Brett. And I'm Aaron. Brett, let's start things off by opening up our intro episode beer. What are we drinking here today? Today we are drinking a 2019 Bourbon County Montcherry Stout. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. Don't, don't hate my French. I'm sorry. Montcherry, my darling. <laughs> Montcherry Stout. Mm-hmm. What's the ABV on this one? Uh, you know what? It's a, it's a small one, 14.1% ABV. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Oh, you could really smell the cherries. Wow. That's good. Oh. Man, I got to say, Goose Island's uh, Bourbon County is like, I think is probably my favorite beer of all time. Same. This, uh, you know, not not every variant is uh, is my jam, but yeah. man, when they get it right, yeah. oh, it's yeah. good stuff. Man, that's really tasty. You can taste the cherry in there too as well. It's subtle. Yeah. It's got a little... Uh, like a amaretto uh, almond smell to it, I think. Yeah, I can so, see that. I like it. Man, that's smooth going down too. Oh, it's velvety. Bourbon County by uh, where were they? Where are they located? Chicago, Illinois. Nice, excellent yeah. beer. Love it. Good stuff. So, the other day, a news topic uh, popped up on my my feed regarding sugar. Sugar. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely enjoy sugar in my coffee, and I like sweet stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but we all know that processed sugar is bad for our health when consumed in sugary foods and sweetened beverages and whatnot. It's so unfortunate because it's I so tasty. Right. However, it can potentially save lives when applied to wounds as a disinfectant and a healing ingredient. Really? Indeed. In ancient times, Egyptian healers used sugar to speed up the healing of injuries. And during the Napoleonic Wars, soldiers actually stuffed sugar into wounds that were inflicted by muskets until their companions could drag them off to the nearest military surgeon. Sugar? Sugar. Just jamming it into into the wound. So, again, not like a a life-threatening, you know, gash or or something like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's an effective wound treatment. Interesting. So, it... It one of the benefits is that it actually helps to reduce the odor from wounds. Uh, it also uh, has a lower oxygen pressure that stimulates the development of new blood vessels and the replacement of destroyed or damaged tissues. So honey actually also appears to be more effective than sugar in reducing bacterial contamination, promoting wound healing. Uh, slightly less painful, I'm told. Um, <laughs> than sugar, but uh, you know, I th- what I find most interesting about this is that it's a cheap, effective treatment with a relatively long shelf life. Yeah, and there's got to be some places in the world that uh, you know, money is an issue, and and antibiotics are expensive. So right. you know, this sugar might be a great alternative. Cheap, so, yeah. In fact, I, I have a friend whose uh, grandfather had uh, uh, some kind of a infection on his leg, and and they ended up treating it with honey. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So Def Leppard had it right all along. <laughs> they knew. Who <laughs> Who could have guessed <laughs> Def Leppard was right? Very interesting. Huh. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That right was on. cool. So I've been doing a little research myself. Oh. Did you know that 
Pope Gregory the Ninth, who was the 178th Pope of the Catholic Church from 12... I, I did know that, of course. You did. <laughs> <laughs> he was the Pope from 1227 to 1241, and apparently he is kind of the indirect cause for the bubonic plague. What? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it goes a little bit deeper than that. Okay. But, so basically what I was reading uh, and what I found was that he released some kind of decree uh, condemning um, Satanism at that time, which oh, as sure. one does, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and their worship of cats and black cats specifically and things like that. So by that decree, people got it in their mind that, well, we should start killing all these cats because they are associated with, with evil and devil worship and all that other stuff, right? Right. So all these cats were just killed across Europe. Oh, shit. This is the early, like I said, 1200s, uh, mid, mid 1200s here. You know, of course, the bubonic plague shows up a few years later in rats and mice and all this other uh, vermin who are now rampant uh, around the cities because there's rampant no cats vermin. to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, the bubonic plague didn't have all these cats to, to kill stuff, so they, they uh, that kind of spread. So I want to know, was it, was it be directly because of uh, the, the lack of cats, or was the plague still going to do its thing. I think it probably was still going to do its thing. I mean, there was a lot of sanitary issues during that time and whatever else. But I found it was very interesting that, you know, this guy's decree of, of not lighting, liking cats, uh, you know, caused this huge, big mass uh, execution of cats across the, the continent, which, you know, coincidentally then allowed other animals and, and more um, rodents to to kind of grow up and, and be more uh, present in around, you know, humans and everything else. And of course, as we know, those were rats and mice were definitely uh, played a big part in the plague. So yeah. I would say that it probably uh, it didn't help. It didn't help. That's for sure. It definitely yeah. did not help. Man, so interesting uh, thing that I found. Did you know that the makers of Captain Crunch have been sued more than once for not using real berries <laughs> and really? Fruit Loops too for not having real fruit. Really? Yeah. Uh, there was an American woman and family. Um, they were shocked to find out that Captain Crunch was falsely advertising its contents. Come on. You know, Crunch, Crunchberry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got Captain Crunch with Crunchberries. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen Crunchberry in the wild? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, why would you even Go think that's a real fruit? outside right now, man. <laughs> Crazy. And, and Fruit Loops is spelled F-R-O-O-T. Right. It's not, even, it's not even a real fruit. Right. You know, it just seems like it's so self-explanatory. But yeah, uh, you know, the, the case was uh, dismissed. Um, it, and every time it's been dismissed um, because, again, they, they, you know, they don't claim to have real fruit. And, and I, I think it's a stretch for someone to assume that they are real. I, I, I heard, you know, word on the street is that people filing this lawsuit were also confused why such a decorated naval officer would lie about their morning cereal. <laughs> Captain Crunch. Ah, so we're <laughs> dealing with idiots. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, and, and did they at least read the label on the back that said, in case of an injury, they can crush it up and use pack it with sugar, <laughs> right? Because right. It's yeah, use what the it sugar. Ah, I see what you did there. Uh, you know, but it's crazy because one of the claims uh, in one of the lawsuits is that they had purchased this for four years before they figured out that it wasn't real fruit. Oh my God. Four. <laughs> Four years. <laughs> wow. Four years. That's how long it takes to realize that Fruit Loops aren't real fruit. You know, you can't fix stupid, man. Ah, it's, it's a. It's yeah. true. It's a plague. 
<laughs> wow. Right? Ah. I got one here for you. You're going to like this one. Did you know that Pepsi once owned the sixth largest military in the world? Uh, what? Yeah. Hear me out. This is interesting. Um, so back in like mid-80s, Pepsi was trying to get into the Soviet Union. And the Soviet Union wanted Pepsi into oh. there. The problem was the Russian ruble was worthless outside of the Soviet Union at the time. I mean, they couldn't, it wasn't worth anything. Yeah. They had also just gone in and, and invaded Afghanistan and a bunch of other stuff. So they went back to bartering. They traded uh, vodka for, for Pepsi. It's a good which trade. A good thing for both sides. The, the vodka was owned by the Soviet government, the, the brand that they were selling. And so they were easily able to, to, to sell it and they had plenty of it. Pepsi was trying to get into the alcoholic beverage world. So they, we're glad to take it, and that worked out great. Oh. Okay. Fast forward a few years, vodka wasn't quite as as exciting of a uh, product anymore. Pepsi didn't want to have anything more to do with it. They were kind of like wanted to pull out of that deal and, and do something else. Russians didn't have a lot of money to uh, to negotiate with. They needed billions of dollars. So what they did was they found all these other. They had a. They did have an abundance of Cold War military hardware, ships, submarines. Uh, freighters, frigates, things like that, that they were that was just sitting there. They traded that with the Pepsi company for their product. What, what does one get for a submarine? <laughs> it was oh. billions of dollars. Well, here's a, here's a case of Pepsi. Yeah, uh, Pepsi took it, then ended up scrapping the metal for something else. But for a brief period there, while they owned that stuff, they owned the sixth largest military wow. in the world. Yeah, there's more to that story as well, but we won't go into that today. That's crazy. So are you familiar with the Sour Toe Cocktail? Uh, no, I am not. So the Sour Toe Cocktail is served in Yukon, Canada. The drink has been served since uh, the 1970s, and it's a, uh, it's a fairly simple drink. It's usually a shot of whiskey, usually Yukon Jack. Okay. Right? Sounds yeah. good so yeah, far, Sounds right? great, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, the last ingredient, a mummified toe. What? Are you so- serious? <laughs> I am serious. Uh, so the Sour Toe cocktail is practically a rite of passage for visitors to Dawson City, Yukon. Uh, it all started during Prohibition and a nasty case of uh, frostbite. A toe? Yes. Like a human toe. Human toe. So in the 1920s, rum running uh, was an issue uh, in Alaska. There were some brothers, Louie and Otto, uh, who got caught in a blizzard, and Louis accidentally put his foot through a patch of ice and, and got his foot wet. And when the brothers got back to their cabin, his foot was frozen solid. So to prevent gangrene, Otto used an axe to chop off Louis's toe. As one does. Right? That's the first thing I do. Right. Uh, and he placed it in a jar of alcohol to commemorate this event. Uh, in 1973, legend has it that the uh, toe was found in the jar in, in a remote cabin, and this Captain Dick Steven came up with an idea of the Sour Toe Cocktail Club, an exclusive club with one membership requirement. You have to drink it. You have to drink it. Toe, too? Like swallow it? No, thank God. Wow. In order to gain admittance to the club, potential members must drink this shot with the legendary toe in it. Jesus. There's just one rule. As they quote from them, you can drink it fast, you can drink it slow, but your lips must touch that gnarly toe. Oh. 
So when you do the shot, the toe has to touch your lips. So wait a minute. This guy shows up. He finds this cabin in the middle of fucking nowhere in, in Yukon, Canada. And there's a jar with a toe in it. And his first inkling is like, I'm going to drink this. <laughs> Seems normal to me. <laughs> Seems, yeah. Canadians, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're on another level. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Don't hopefully, fuck with them. Hopefully you get, <laughs> I'll drink your toe, motherfucker. Right. I, I, I hope you get a T-shirt or something commemorative uh, by do- joining this club. Or a toe necklace or something. Oh. Gold toe. Uh, I, well, you know, the the mummified toe is typically like black and gnarly looking. So, so it's mummified. It's not pickled or anything. It's like <laughs> you know, might be one of the same. I'm yes. I've I've I heard that there were uh, like twenty five people who have donated toes. What? Really? Yeah. I, I assume wow. local folk. You know. Oh, I want my toe to live on or. I guess it's not living. Yeah. <laughs> I want my toe to touch hundreds of people's lips. Wow. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, on a lighter note <laughs> than that, still food related though. Oh. Did you know that McDonald's once tried to invent bubblegum flavored broccoli? Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know. McDonald's has always had that uh, for the longest time had a had that kind of crisis of trying to be you know, fight against the whole fast food um, uh, you know stigma that goes along with yeah. it. Um, they tried to introduce more healthy options into their menus and whatever else. And one of their bright ideas, one of their uh, you know McDonald's engineers or whatever you want to call them, thought you know what we can get kids to eat broccoli if we flavored it as bubble gum, which. First of all, why bubble gum? Yeah, that's not even food. Right. You know, why not cake or chocolate or vanilla or uh, I don't even know. Like right? salt, I, <laughs> butter. <laughs> okay, well. You know, <laughs> grind it up into a nice mush and mix it in with the, with the, uh, with the mm. shakes for all I care. But, but yeah, no, they tried to flavor it with bubble gum. Uh, obviously, it was a disaster. Uh, yeah. It was, no one liked it and uh, um, it was very quickly uh, i assume this dismissed. never even made it out of the it testing didn't, stage, it didn't even make so. it out of the testing stage Good. but it was very dismissed it was but they, they were seriously looking at it for a little while as a serious option to add on to their kids value menus and now now i think all you get is applesauce yeah that's healthy yeah or ha- uh, apple slices they have come a oh, long ways yeah. they have come a ways in healthy options at least or healthier options healthier, anyway. yeah yeah uh you know what I, I see a future uh episode where we uh discuss uh mcdonald's uh, meals from from around the world. I, I'm on, I have tried some interesting things from McDonald's before oh. in different locations, so that would be a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear about it. Hey, real quick, let's give another shout out to Goose Island out of Chicago, Illinois. Oh, man, yeah, this was good. This Monchetti Bourbon County Stout, delicious. Yeah, you cannot go wrong with uh, Bourbon County and Goose Island. I think you just they're they're really. You know what we we will be sampling Bourbon County. Uh, a few times because uh, I know it's good. Yeah, yeah. To learn more about who we are and to stream full episodes, check us out at AYSM.show. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.